Get ready for the countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Grandmaster Jesse Bowen, and I am coming to you with another episode of The Power to Live Your Vision. Now, every week we have these fantastic guests on, and they have accomplished so much in their life. But not only have they personally accomplished so much in their lives, but they've also given back. So it's not the selfish part of you when we look at The Power to Live Your Vision. I think of The Power to Live Your Vision is where you have an insight of what you want to be, you want to do, you want to achieve. But as you're doing that, you want to be able to look back and say, well, these are the ways that my power to live my vision has impacted others. So this is a really uh, key part of not just being a martial artist and not just you know, telling your story, but it's the, really the key part of life itself. Today we have on a martial artist, and again, you know, majority of the people I bring on my program are martial artists, and we want to reach out and mix that up so that we can hear from other folks that has the same story, that are living their vision. How are they doing it? And if you find yourself in a place and you're not living what you want to live, then you follow the examples of others. So you don't have to really make your trail. You can actually do that yourself. And today we have with us Thomas Laverne, and he is a martial artist. And, you know, his, I was reading part of his story, and, you know, it really starts off with, you know, that he had at five years old, you know, he went to his dad. He has this vision of who and what. You know, he wants to be he wants to be Superman. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about his book. And we just bumped into each other online a couple of days ago, and we had a great conversation. And, of course, if you have a great conversation with me, this is the way you get invited onto my program. Hey, sir, how are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you so much. Uh, there, there, it, it has been quite the journey, number one. And, and number two, to bring up, yes, at five years old, I wanted to be Superman. And we always say that, um, you know, we all hear those stories. Everybody wants to be the superhero and, and all that stuff. Um, so at five years old, I did tell my dad that I want to be like Superman. I want to fly around the world and protect people. And he's like, sure you are. Okay, you know, this is a, a childhood dream, if you will. Um so, you know, I I I have I had the uniform and everything, and it was so ingrained in me about being Superman. I mean, I watched it on TV in the in the fifties. I'm I'm dating myself here, and um, I you know I'm going to grow up and be Superman. I'm going to be that person, and mm. um, so yeah. <laughs> um, so I I started to as I as I went through my young young years uh, I had a, a, a near fatal car accident and uh, was not able to do anything physical for a whole year 
and I watched TV, and I watched the Kung Fu Theater. Here I was, probably six years old. I watched Superman. I watched professional wrestling, and I really started getting into it, and, and although my parents told me not to, I still did my push-ups every day and so forth. Um, but that was a, a long learning year from age six to seven, and mm. I still wanted to be Superman. You know, how was I going to... How was I going to get there? I mean, you know, um, so fast forward a couple of a few years later, I saw the mighty Steve Reeves playing Hercules. He was Hercules Unchained and just big, big man, muscular. And everybody said, how does, how does one do that? How does one get that big? And they said, well, he lifts weights. I go, show me these weights, you know. <laughs> so I was, I was. I was. I said no. The first step I need to do to become Superman, I, I need to. Be, I need to look like Superman. I need to be big and strong. And 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 at that time, there was some family dynamics that were personal that affected my self-esteem, and uh, you know, lost a bit of confidence in myself. And uh, in the meantime, uh, some cousins of mine showed me that they had some weights, and I'm like, well, let, let's. What do you do with them? You know, what do you do with these weights? So uh started lifting, and my body felt a little bit different. You know, I felt, I'm like, I make a muscle. You know, we used to hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started getting, you know, getting that confidence back and entering some sporting events and still watching those programs that helped me in those early years. And, uh again started to get bigger and stronger and started to went up to Dartmouth and started working out with weight so I, I was really getting that confidence back and and um you know muscular and entering uh, different strength events and I here I am only 15 16 years old and um you know watching uh, a couple of years later watching you know the Bruce Lee movies uh David Carradine on kung fu uh, my all-time boxing hero was Joe Frazier. Uh, he won the Olympics in '64, so I would put up some uh, makeshift burlap bags filled with sand in the back, in the woods, in the trees. My parents never knew I did that, and I take my winter gloves out there, and I just—I was Joe Frazier now, and I'm hitting that bag and doing the uppercuts and all that, and it felt good to me. And maybe it was a way of therapy or whatever, you know, to help me you know, get get rid of those those personal things, issues. And um, I took my gloves home to my parents, and I said, you know, the dog ate my gloves, and they bought me another <laughs> pair so I could go back and work out some more. Uh, so anywhere there was a heavy bag from those early years on, that's what I've been doing, and to this day I'm still, still going. So not, the Superman stuff was still in me. You know, how can I do this? How can I be that... My, I guess my version of Superman, if you will. And in high school, and even to today's um, schools, there's always the bullies. There's always been the bullies. And um, as I was getting bigger and more confident, some of the people that were being picked on just said, you know, so-and-so has been picking on me. I, I don't like it. I'm afraid of him. And I'd walk up and just don't pick on him anymore. And they looked at me, and they knew I was serious and they didn't pick on him anymore. There was no fights, but I just, my demeanor, I guess, and my sternness, and and I said, you know, here I wanted to be my version of Superman, and I'm helping someone else out 
in that quest. And funny you should use the, que- the term quest um, because in my book, especially in the epilogue, is how many of us have fulfilled our quest to be that person or be a version of that person we wanted to grow up to emulate and how, again, how could we pay that back? So my early paying it back were to help out those people that just, you know, just couldn't do it themselves. And that's okay. And um, so upon graduating from high school, again, kept watching the Bruce Lee films, and I go, how does he move that way? I mean, it's so fast. And the David Carradine stuff, and I was intrigued with the kung fu as I had been way back when I was six years old. So I walked into a judo class, and here I was feeling my oats, and, you know, I was the, I was the tough guy, <laughs> or so I thought. And um, the instructor said, swing. I swung. He flipped me over his head, and I landed on the mat. He goes, this time, no fooling around. He said, I really want you to swing hard. I'm like, okay. So I swung really hard. I missed the mat on the second time. <laughs> so other than my pride being bruised, I got up and I said, okay, sign me up. And that's how it all started, my my martial arts beginning. Wow. And I had lost, like, I was, I probably weighed 230 at the time. And I got down to about 210, and this is where I've been ever since. Mm. And uh, caught on, caught on to what this was all about. And I go, well, this is, this is pretty neat. I like it. And, and so the instructor moved out of town after a few years, and then I went on to take Taekwondo. Of course, I'm the biggest person there. And uh, got along with the instructor extremely well. After a few years, he moved out of town. Um, and again, anywhere I could find a heavy bag, that's what I was doing. I was just working the bags all the time and bumped into what was to be an instructor that set the foundation for where I am today um, doing. I said, what, you know, what works in the street? What, what, what is it that I can do that really helps me to defend myself in the street? I mean, people are coming at, you know, you hear about people with baseball bats and ashtrays and chairs and stuff. I, I want to know. He said, "Well, let me. I'll show you that." So for four hours a day, we went on on my back lawn, and he was flipping me all over the place, and and I was throwing punches and kicks and so forth, and and this went on over a period of time. And at the same time, I was doing the traditional Okinawan kempo, the katas, and so forth. But I was very intrigued with the with the self defense applications. But I was told that I couldn't lift weights and do the martial arts at the same time. I'm like, well, um, I don't listen very well, so I'm going to keep doing both. <laughs> so I kept doing both and um, entered. I still kept entering, you know, strength contests because I always wanted to have that feeling of being strong and so forth and did some strength-related events up here at recreation centers and high schools and and that was like pulling school buses and bending steel bars and all that. And all that stuff's in my book, to people telling telling stories. And um, and I kept doing the martial arts and bumped into some great, great, great people. Uh, Brett Mayfield, Mike Donnelly. Uh, I was with Sensei Porter for a while. Um, Michael DePasquale, Jr., Sr., um, way back in the early 90s. And... Uh, 
the, the vision kept coming to me about I'm getting there. I'm getting close to what I wanted to do. And the more I studied the martial arts, the more I had to study, the more that there was a that, that light at the end of the tunnel you have to keep going and going and going. I mean, when I when we pass away, that light will still be there. Uh, we we can never learn. I found we could never learn all that there is to learn about the martial arts. So I picked. Well, you know, that's a very uh, powerful uh, part there, and I think this is what you know we're we're talking about. We really want to share, and with your story, you know, everybody, everyone has a story. Everyone. When you know, if you're listening to this program right now, you have a light and the power to to live your vision. You know, what are you? What is what is your vision? You know, our vision can be uh, things that we've seen in our past. And I know, sir, for you, you know, that vision started when you know when you were a child about Superman. That thing that gets stuck in our mind, and those things can be good. And they can also be bad. And a lot of times when we find people that are stuck and they're in this revolving door that goes absolutely no place, it's not really it's not really their fault. Now it, it, it is it is because that's all that they know. And this is where as the martial arts instructor we have these obligations that we have to learn it, teach it, because we grow from just doing that part. And, sir, it sounds like that, you know, growing up and that vision, you have, you know, taken it now, I I know, to your security uh, business, and you've been able to implement it. And yet you find most martial artists, we, we have this similar story that we were being picked on and we had this confidence issue, and we got involved in the martial arts. We had a great teacher, and we became empowered by being able to do that. And that's, this is what makes martial arts study such a powerful tool if you have a good teacher. So what, tell us about your uh, military and some of the things you're doing, your uh, protections, things like that, because – you're taking the martial arts, which is that tool that most people feel that you just take the martial arts and you get your black belt and it's actually the end of the day. And, and that's about as far as a lot of times someone's vision is, is just the black belt uh, feeling that it's the end, which is only the beginning. So tell us a a little bit about, you know, where, how have you integrated the martial arts in your life, in your life now? Okay. So, Getting back to the the vision point, um, and and the martial arts for me as my exercise uh, programs with weights and and martial arts and all that stuff because I work out you know six days a week sometimes twice a day. Um, like you use the word empower, it has empowered me with discipline. It's empowered me with a a very healthy mindset that when people approach me and say, I wish I could do that, I say, well, come over here, I'll show you. <laughs> you know, it, it, it has nothing to do with, for me, it has nothing to do with dollars and cents. If, they, if the person looks at me and, he, and he, you could tell whether or not they're sincere or not, come here, I'll show you. 
and and I show them. They go, wow. I said, but it does take time. Be patient, you know. And, and you're not going anywhere. You know, I only go somewhere because of my security stuff. But otherwise, people see me around here. And and again, the name of my book is called Hiding in Plain Sight. And we'll we'll get to that in a moment. But going back to a vision and, and the security stuff, I I was never in the military. I was never in government service. I was only a part-time police officer, which really didn't mean anything um, because I was just part-time. I didn't work all that much. And and it was 1988 when I went to the captain. I said, "Uh, tomorrow I'm going into business for myself. He goes, doing what? I said, doing security work. And he said, "Um, well, you have no, no background you have no government, military, or police background. He said, how do you expect to do that? I said, I have a vision of myself. This is, this is, I'm using the word vision. I had a vision of myself working all over the world, protecting people. He goes, are you sure you want to do this? I go, yes, sir. So I handed in my equipment, went home. I was married at the time, and I said to my wife, I just gave up my position as a part-time officer, and I did have a full-time job that supported my children and my wife, um, but I said, tomorrow I'm going into business for myself. And she said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to protect people in every capital city in the world. Now, that was my vision. That was what I intended to do, and I already saw myself doing it. I said, honey, I said, I have a job that supports the family. This is something I need to do for myself because I know I can do it. Uh, so that was 1988. Um, so fast forward a few years later, I was on a world tour with one of the top recording groups out there. And that hasn't stopped. So I've worked with a number of people, such as New Kids on the Block, uh, Backstreet Boys as their head of security, Whitney Houston's head of security from 94 to 97. I worked with Elton John on 9-11-2001. I got called to work for Mr. Bill Gates of Microsoft. How did I get there? You know, that's, those those are the questions people kept asking, and this was the basis of my book. Everybody kept saying, well, how did you get to go there? And I said, let me write a book, and then you can read it. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, that kind of, I, I think that kind of answers your question as to, the the power of my vision of doing those things and along the way i've mentored people that have done excellent jobs within the security world now as a martial artist martial arts and the discipline in doing protective services is just a small part of it um i would say that the discipline being able to defend yourself and the third party are very important but I look at the close protection industry as a, as a science versus a bodyguard who who um, looks at the world a little bit differently than I do. They might use their size as an intimidation. They might use their martial arts as saying, well, if somebody gets close to the client, then I get to do this. But the, the, the object of protective services is to stay out of harm's way. And I do all the advance work to many dangerous places. I've been to 45 countries now, and I've worked with in Mexico City, Rio de Janeiro, um, Johannesburg, South Africa, just to name a few. Um, and those are very um, volatile areas. My job in each one of those cities was to go first to make sure the environment was safe enough to bring the client in. 
Um, so along the way, I've not only studied the martial arts and its discipline, that's my physical training, but the academics became every bit and sometimes much more important than the physical. So I need to know where I'm going and you know what I'm going to be doing and so forth. Um, so then I hand those that I created my own signature, if you will, within this industry, only to pass it on to other people and say, you will do things the way it makes sense to you, thus creating your own signature. So in my book, I have a number of people that have written to me at a certain timeline within the book to tell me what that meant to them. So the book is called Hiding in Plain Sight, My Life and Adventures Protecting Celebrities, but it's not just about me protecting celebrities. It's about me and the journey and the teaching and the mentoring and the visions and, and fulfilling my quest, my life's quest, and also taking care of my parents for some time. So um, mm. anyway, that's, yeah, that's, it's, it's, people get an opportunity to read it. The epilogue is very deep. And I have two pages of people that I've acknowledged that have helped me out throughout my life to get to where I am right now and I'm not retired I'm in my mid-60s <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm really I think I've got my second wind here so I uh, have some good projects on the horizon and uh, the mm. training is going accordingly so wow that's great yeah. sir that is yeah. that is simply great and I think it's really when you can look back uh, and see the trail that you've left, the things you've contributed, you can say to yourself, wow, wow you know, yeah. I, I have to sit down sometimes just to, just to sort of get a, a breath of the things I've done in my life that's made others better. And, right. you know, and this, these are some, this is what it's really about. You know, this is what it's, you know, this is what it's about. It's not over. Like you said, when you, hit your, your martial artist and you hit your mid-60s, the, the light bulb just comes on, right. you know, you know, unless you decide not not to pull the switch, you know. Right, right, right. If you don't pull right. the switch, no light bulb's going to come on. And that switch yeah. is a desire and a, a growth, and we don't sow our wild oats as much, so we have all this focus time of I can do which now allows us to be able to manifest these different things in, in, into, into our lives. Now, one thing I do really want to say is, you know, about becoming an author is that you have, you've actually placed your life story or that part you wanted to share that others can read it, they can grow from it. I know she said that, you know, okay, this is my format. You can use my format and you can, add stuff on it to make it your signature signature too. Now what if you hadn't you know hadn't done that or your book is not available? You cannot become inspired unless you have that knowledge of the person to inspire you. And this is the reason why I talk to martial artists and say, listen, you have all of this knowledge and you have these thoughts, you have these ideas, you have these philosophies, why not share them? Share this right. philosophy with the world. If you can help change a generation, whether that be in a family generation, you know, whatever that generation may be, you know, of culture, whatever, but it, through your teachings and through what you're doing, 
and you share those stories in that book. You know, uh, my when I got started in the martial arts, my first image was Chuck Norris, and that image is what you know that I never met Chuck Norris until years later. And but that image of Chuck Norris holding that trophy, I knew at day one I wanted to be a karate champion. That became my vision. So, uh, <clears throat> okay. So, tell us anything else that you you like to take and share with us. Yeah. So, um, so I, as I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the martial arts stuff. And and when I got when I got hired at Microsoft, I was the defensive tactics instructor for the team, and and brought out certain things like you know. Uh, hand speed and, and, and different applications. Um, it might be harness, the stick work, um, various things. And I started developing it then, this, this system of mine. And uh, it was in 2009, a Soki John Kanzler out of Pittsburgh recognized what I was doing and actually registered um, LeBron's American Combatives for the first time. As I went through, I kept refining this this system of mine, this art, this how does this work? And it's got to be a living, breathing uh, martial arts uh, full of concepts and, and for, you know, always changing. Because if I were to, let's say you and I were interacting in the physical sense um, and you say, let me show you this, I would, I would analyze and say, okay, show me that. Okay, here's, because maybe our bills are different, I might say, well, here's how I would probably do that on the street. And you're going, wow, okay. You know, and we go back and forth like that. You might, I, I might have something you like and vice versa. And that's what I've done for, for many, many years. And then in 2017, um, I was doing some seminars um, here in New England and different places I've gone to. I got a call from Shidoshi Glenn Perry, and, and um, at the time, Glenn and I had never met, but we had talked on the phone quite a bit, and he said, well, we've recognized your, your efforts in self-defense, and we'd like to certify it and authenticate it as an actual martial art. I, I, I had goosebumps. I still get them. I'm sitting right in the same place that when he made that phone call. And I was I was blown away, and I'm like, um, okay, uh, you know. <laughs> so we had a big ceremony in Vermont a couple months later. This was 2017, and um, you know, I, I gave a speech. I said, uh, you know, people, you're not here just to see me speak. You want me to, you know, do some techniques and so forth, which I did. Um, but I was just blown away with that um, that whole phone call. I asked him, I said, who else has signed the certificate? Grandmaster Ron Van Cleef, Shidoshi Glenn Perry, and Hanchi Stephen Douglas Sr., and Kevin McGrath. I think Kevin lives in New York City. I, I, I have these, and you have the certificate now, but I was just blown away um, by that. I'm very humbled, very, very, very humbled. And I used the, this next word a lot because I, it, it's meaningful to me. The word is, I felt very blessed. And um, I just don't know what else to say. Um, so now I've refined my system, even though there's always changes that I'm making. 
like this would work a little bit better if or I was at a seminar recently up here in New Hampshire and conducting a small class and the gentleman walked up and go I said sir you're a big man how tall are you he goes six four I said how much do you weigh he goes 290 I go swing and this whole thing came in a full circle <laughs> so I did some techniques and we all chuckled and and nobody nobody got hurt or anything like that but it was just I had to reminisce from many many years back 1974 when those words echoed through my head swing and um, mm. so it ju- it's just been just amazing journey and your your question about let's go back to your question about the book the book is my legacy it is a is a 360 page book of different things I've done I could have easily made it 500 and there's about 123 pictures in there of different adventures because of the discipline and because of the journey I've chosen to take and others because I've mentored them have taken the same journey and will call me you know occasionally Tom I just got back from China Tom I just got back from Moscow thank you so much I said well as long as you come back I you can say thank you it's okay <laughs> I want you to come back healthy um, so when when about a half a dozen people had told me you know with all these adventures why don't you just write a book what do I know about book writing you know I a year and a half ago I would never have thought that I'm a, a published author. But once I started telling the story, and and I think the number of people now that have purchased the book, whether ebook format or print, have have really expressed to me the different parts of the book that might have resonated with them. It might be martial arts, it might be security, it might be my personal journey through life. So we wanted to make it so everybody there was a lot of messages for everyone that read the book. It wasn't just a a niche security martial arts type of thing. It wasn't a journal. It was a, my story told from my heart. And then other people wrote letters, as I said earlier, in the timelines to validate everything that I'm saying. You know, I remember Tom in 1995, we met in Tombstone and blah, you know, different, and we became great friends, this, this gentleman by the name of Mark Yates, um, and he got his Ph.D. and so forth. Um, so the the journey itself, I wanted to share that, and I said, well, you're no longer hiding in plain sight. I said, well, people have to know what I look like, you know. <laughs> so, but I said, the book has been well-received, and it's, and it's rated now a five-star book. And I'm really, really pleased with that. And I just went through the second printing, so that should be out very shortly. And um, at the end of the book, it just says, to be continued. So the last picture in the book, chapter 17, and I think you'll like this, it shows a picture of an empty plate. And it says underneath it, empty plate to be filled again. Mm. And... um, I, I had added that in on the second printing because I said there's something something missing that I want people to get the visual on. So I worked on that. But I've learned so much about book writing and storytelling and how people uh, have been impacted by the book. And even um, unsolicited authors have given me these reviews, and I'm just 
I'm I'm enjoying the, the the book journey. I'm enjoying the people that read it and come up to me and say, I, I didn't know you did that. You know, I've I've known you for forty years, and I, I felt I knew everything about you, and I've only known thirty percent. But thank you so much mm. for filling in the other seventy. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so it's been just a, been a been a wonderful journey. I mean, I you could hear it in my voice. I'm very very enthusiastic. I'm very positive. I don't have any self esteem issues anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm very I'm very confident and. In, in things that I do, and then I can share those things, and um, you know, it's just it's just great. It's super. Well, you know, this is the thing that we really want martial artists to experience is to be able to share your story, because when you can sit down and think about your life and you begin to write about it, you actually become empowered. You know, you're taking control as you recognize and go back to your life and. You know, you can always start over. You can always re- have a reset if you find that life's not going. This is the reason why we started the martial arts masters and pioneers and the who's who in the martial arts uh, book series to give a martial artist that opportunity to share their story. You know, our the who's who book series are about the people, the champions in the martial arts and their stories and. You know, very similar to as we're writing now for Sport Karate Museum. Yep. You know, but very similar, you know, it, it, that was very powerful. But then we discovered when we started writing the Martial Arts Masters and Pioneers series what, that we want you to tell your story. You know, tell us, you know, why did you get started in the martial arts? Uh, tell us, you know, tell us, you know, what benefits did you receive from the martial arts and now we move into our new series coming up that we're honoring uh, Grandmaster Ernie Reyes and is we're this is the Changing Lives series. So, yes. you know, we've elevated them from who's who in the martial arts to tell us about the masters and the pioneers. So now we at this place where tell us how about changing lives. You know, this is where we want you to think about how are you changing lives through your martial arts journey. And, you know, people like, you know, Ernie Grandmaster, Ernie Reyes, who's impacted, you know, thousands upon thousands of people in California, you know, with the number of schools that they have and all the different things that they're doing. So as an author, you really have a unique opportunity. And people will, uh, corporations, they if you have a great story that, that walks down the path that they are looking to direct their corporate group, it provides that opportunity uh, to for that corporate opportunity for growing your school. You know, when you become an author, you actually sort of put yourself in that place of being an expert. You put stuff in right. print. And, you know, this is the reason why if you're looking to become an author, uh, then, hey, go to ElitePublications.org. That's Elite Publications with an S and N. Dot yep. org, check out the website. You know, we're looking for people that want to become authors. We're going to be in Vegas. We're going to be hosting our first book expo this year. We're going to be with the Action on Film Festival. We have documentaries coming out this year uh, on Grandmaster Ernie Reyes. But not only him, but every person that's featured in the book, we're going to be actually sharing. They're going to be sharing in this documentary. So, this is another way for people to 
that we can get this word out and we can say it in our testimony of how martial arts uh, study and that journey has impacted our lives. Well, sir, I really do thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to share with us about your book. Tell us again the name of the book and where can we find it? Okay. The name of the book is called Hiding in Plain Sight, My, My Life and Adventures Protecting Celebrities by Thomas Lebrun. Um, you could get it on Amazon. Many people are going on Amazon to get that. Um, I could also send you, well, I, I think I sent you the link to Book Baby. Um, they're a publishing, well, I'll get into that in a minute, but Amazon, you just write the title, Hiding in Plain Sight, and then my name, Thomas Lebrun, it'll come up, it'll show the back of my head, and a jet, and on the back cover, it's me with um, my gi pants on and a tuxedo, uh, which I was at an event with that when that picture was taken. <laughs> um, and a, a brief brief description of, of my journey from five years old on the back cover. Um, I think people really enjoy it. I, I really am pleased. I'm humbled. Again, I'm blessed. I just... Wow. Uh, I well, I think this is great. Yeah. And everyone yeah. remember, check it out. You know, uh, support the martial arts community. Remember, it's all about learning. Yeah. And and the more that we share, uh, the more that we learn, uh, this is knowledge. No, no, knowledge is the knowledge is the key. Knowledge is what brings the, the value. But just sharing the story, if nothing else, share the story about you know, about the about becoming an author. What is it really about? You know, I've written uh, two books on, <laughs> yeah, on becoming an author, and one of them this past year we wrote is becoming an author for martial artists, the art yep. of publishing. You know, so there's just so much information out there. But everyone, again, you know, thank you for, you know, participating in our uh, uh, podcast. I hope you gained something from it. If you need to contact me or you'd like to be on the show, then you can email me at amaahoosho at gmail.com. You can text me at 919-618-8075. We're always looking for guests that have something that they want to say that's positive about the power to live your vision. So remember, our door is always open. Uh, for you to come on our program and allow us to share your story with people all over the world. A couple of events that's coming up uh, this weekend. Coming up, I'll be in Houston, Texas. I think that's May 8th, and that's going to be that whole weekend, uh, the 7th, 8th, and with Professor Gary Lee at the Sport Karate uh, History Generals, that event coming up in July. And don't forget, join us in Las Vegas, as we honor Grandmaster Ernie Reyes, and we have the new book coming out, and this book is going to be a phenomenal book with martial artists sharing their story about changing lives. And, you know, we are looking for people that would like to publish their own book. So remember, give me a call. Let me know how we can support you. Coming up in October, we're going to be back in Houston with the release of the Sport Karate History Book. And this is the Sport Karate Museum History Book. And that's going to be really exciting in October. 
Coming up in January, we're going to be in New Jersey with Sifu Allen Goldberg at the Action Martial Arts Hall of Honors, and there we'll be releasing the second edition of the Action Martial Arts World History Book. So we've got a lot of things going on. So, you know, keep up with us. Become a member of the American Martial Arts Alliance Foundation. Go to whoswhointhemartialarts.com. Nominate someone. Join. Become a member. Uh, we just have so many things that's going on. Yes. We're really a very progressive organization, really doing things, not talking about stuff, but really doing. And we want you to become a part. Hey, this is Grandmaster Jesse Bowen saying be blessed. And remember, you have the power to live your vision.